As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Deb Bowen. And I'm Samantha Fay. And we're having a lot of fun getting prepared for this <laughs> show tonight. So we are so happy that you are joining us this evening as we discuss what it might be like to be a night worker. We bet that a lot of folks who listen to our show are night workers. What do you think, Samantha? Yes. yes. I would say 90%. Probably so. Uh, so we're just so happy that you're joining us tonight. Before we get started into that topic, we have a couple of announcements we want to make, and then we're also going to do them a couple of other times during the course of the hour, just so you'll know. We've recently gotten um, a lot of uh, emails from folks who are asking us questions about topics that we've done shows on. And so Samantha has done some research and realized that iTunes has changed its format. You want to address that, Samantha? Sure, sure. So we've gotten a lot of questions to do shows um, that we've already covered, you know, two or three years ago. And I've noticed that iTunes changed the way they set up the show when you download it, where it doesn't show all the archives. So we thought it would just be good to point out that we do have over three years of archive shows. So when you do download us, hopefully on iTunes, just make sure to go through our downloads if you like us and want to. Um, And we thought it might be important for all of you new listeners to introduce ourselves and tell you a little bit about us because all of these questions we've been getting recently have made me realize a lot of you are just tuning in to us and are probably like, who are these chicks and why are they calling themselves psychic teachers? <laughs> because we are. <laughs> well, let's explain what that means. <laughs> so Deb and I are both college teachers. Um, I've taught English for 15 years and Deb taught social work for 21 years. 21 years. So we have a lot of experience in academia, um, and we met because of our mutual interest in all stuff metaphysical and intuitive and psychic, and we just have such a love for teaching that we thought it would be wonderful to do this podcast 
and, and teach people how to open up to their own intuition. And one thing that I'm really passionate about is, is reminding everybody that just because we call ourselves psychic teachers does not mean that we are completely knowledgeable in everything that we talk about. We're just passionate and excited. Good teachers are, be- are good learners. Exactly, yeah. So we're learning as we go along um, with all the topics that we are talking to you about. But it's it's just a a real interest of ours to inspire you all to take the topics that we touch upon each week and then open your own self up to exploring these topics on your own. It's absolutely true. And so, yes, we are teachers. And no, uh, we do not think of ourselves as experts. We think that would be a little ostentatious of us. However, the truth is we do know right much because we've been at this for a long time. I've been reading tarot cards for more than 35 years, for example. Um, and so... And we're also study geeks. We are. We are real study geeks. We love learning. Um, so, you know, we've been doing a lot of, a lot of research in, the, in preparing for our shows, for example. And, um, but we are practicing psychics in addition to being teachers. And no, we don't. We've got a lot of calls lately about uh, folks wanting to know if we take questions on the show. I have to tell you that we don't. And uh, We used to. And we were asked to stop by our listeners uh, because folks felt like we did a better job of, of teaching and they really didn't want to hear other people's questions. So, so we don't. So we use this opportunity to teach. And it's a good point to bring that up because we really try to let you all direct this show. We read every email we get. We might not respond to every single one, but we definitely read every email we get. And we listen to you all. And the things that you like and the things that you don't like, we definitely take into account. So thank you for being such an active participant in our show because you all have helped direct the course of of how this plays out. Absolutely, for over five years now. No, three years. Over three years we've been on the air. Yeah, three or four. 2010. We're not math majors. Can you tell? <laughs> we started in March of 2010. So we have really good accountants. <laughs> Thank goodness. And one other quick thing, and then we really will get into tonight's topic. But we are so honored. We we have had I I don't know how many uh, proposals of folks who wanted to sponsor this show, and we have turned them down uh, for a variety of of reasons. But we have. Um, finally come up with what we think is a really good match and it's audible.com and if you uh, and I've posted this in the chat room for those of you who are are with us tonight in the chat room but if you go to audible trial but there's a space is that right? No, it's audibletrial.com backslash psychic teachers Okay, okay, there's a space in what I've posted in the chat room but it's audibletrial.com slash psychic teachers um, and take a look at, at some of the books and yeah. services that they have to offer. That's right. You'll get one free month. And it's great because it, it kicks a few uh, shekels back our way so we get supported and you all get an opportunity to try Audible. The cool thing about Audible is if you like podcasts, then you're going to love listening to a book you know, on your iPod or your mobile phone or your computer. And the great thing about Audible is if you download a book and you don't like it, you can tell them, I don't like this book, I want another one, and you can get another one for free. How cool like, is that? I know, I know. So last week I recommended Outrageous Openness. This week, do you know what book I listened to on podcast, on, on Audible? No, but you're going to tell me and I'm going to put it in the chat room. The Conjuring. Ugh. No, it's actually, 
I have to, well, I'm on my phone, so I can't look at it. But um, it's not actually called The Conjuring. It's called The Demonologist. By um, it's Ed and Lorraine Warren's book. Remember the one you started to read? Yeah, and I couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But this one on Audible is really Is it cool plural? Demonologist plural? I think so. Okay. It's Ed and Lorraine Warren's book. You, it, 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 you guys will find it. It comes right up on Audible. Um, but what's really cool, Deb, is the guy who narrates it has a wonderful voice, and they have some of the actual audio of some of their exorcisms, and, and he does the voices really well. Gee, I'm excited now. Samantha likes that stuff a whole lot better than I do, but I, I do think <laughs> that, that Ed and Lorraine are really fascinating people. So there you go. That's that's her recommendation from audible.com for you all for this week. So, okay, so Thank you so much. We've got a note here that your voice is echoing, Samantha. Well, that's because we're sitting next to each other. I'll go in the other room. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So let's talk about being a night worker. Let's get down to, to business here. What is a night worker? It's really a very simple concept. The idea is that when you go to sleep at night, if you are a night worker, you're... The essence, your soul, the essence of who you are, leaves your body and goes abroad, and I don't mean necessarily to another country, but out of, out of your bed, out of your house, and you work in some kind of comforting or care kind of place for the evening. For example, um, a common place for night workers to uh, show up or in hospitals at night. Mm-hmm. And the people who are there see you as um, real and solid. And and for the most part, the people that you will help in your night working capacity are also living. Are are living. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, they are. And so, um, okay, hello everyone in the chat room. I'm working the chat room by myself tonight, so everybody just... Hi, everybody. I'm sorry. Do you want me sorry. here? Do you want me to talk while you type? That's okay. I'm not typing. Okay. I'm just clicking. Um, okay. So um, if you're a night worker, you are seen as real, but the people with whom you are working and helping are real. They're, mm-hmm. they're human. They're alive. But often they're in crises in their lives. Um, and you're, um, you're often seen as somebody who just comes in and gives comfort and um, helps ease um, it's not like you ease physical pain, but perhaps emotional or spiritual pain. Is that a good way to mm-hmm. say it, Samantha? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll give some examples. So um, I've been a night worker for, that I know of for about 10 years now. I didn't know the term. I just thought I had really cool dreams. Um, but what, what started to happen to me is I, I would go to the same place every night in my dreams. And um, in the beginning... I would go to this school, and um, this happened for about two years, and every almost every night, not every night, maybe three or four nights a week, when I would go to sleep, I would dream that I was checking into this, like, dormitory, and I would see the same people, I would have roommates, and we were in class to be intuitive, and in different um, dream sequences that I had, we would learn different things. So one night we would learn tarot. Another night we would learn, I remember um, several nights actually, we would learn how to combat uh, negative influences. And I had several dreams where um, 
I think I've shared this on the show, that one dream where I had to check into a haunted house. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> that was very scary. I had um, several other dreams where I had to check in. There was someone with a clipboard, and they were very matter-of-fact, and I had to fight um, what I would call a demon. And the person with the clipboard was teaching me how to pull light from my solar plexus chakra and throw it at the negative um, entity. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very, very fascinating. And the more light I threw at it, the smaller the negative entity got. Um, I've had other dreams where I'm helping people as they die. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I've, had, I've had a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's very common. Yeah. And, and you might have that as well. Those of you listening, I've had dreams where people, usually us night workers, are called upon to help people who have... Um, who have very quickly and recently passed away. So people who have died suddenly in the hospital from a heart attack or a stroke, people who have died from, um, you know, a car accident, for example. And what the night worker is called upon to do, since you're still connected to the earthly realm, it's easier for you to connect with these people who have just left the earthly realm. And our job is to tell them, you have died this is the light, and you need to go to it. Um, other dreams I've had as a night worker, I'm just counseling people. I remember one dream, I, there was just um, an old school desk set up in my, in my uh, house that I actually live in. It wasn't like a, you know, like a dream house. It was my actual house. And um, there was just a line of people, and I was just doing counseling for them. Oh, yeah. And you remember your dreams about the three old ladies and they came and told you stuff you needed to be doing at night? Yes. Remember I've, those yeah. women? That's, that's so strange. I've had several, several, several dreams with these three older women. Um, one is like in her 50s, one is in her 60s, one is in her 70s. Um, and the, one in her, the older one is kind of the one in charge. And, and what's odd is my sister, who's also been on the show, Courtney, has had several dreams with three ladies as well. Oh, wow. I don't think yeah. I know about that. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. And, um, you know, they don't come to my dreams a lot, but when they do, it's always at very pivotal moments in my life. The, um, the most special dream I had was when I was about to deliver my first child, Olivia, I was due May 12th, and I was so excited about that due date because it was Mother's Day, and I was born on Father's Day. So I thought, how wonderful to, you know, deliver a child on Mother's Day, too, and I, I was very excited about that. And I had this dream where these three women came to my house, and I was making this beautiful cake, and a cake I could never make in real life. <laughs> And the two young no, and the two younger ladies said, "Oh, can we cut into that and have a piece?" And I was so conflicted because I wanted to be nice a nice hostess, but I really did not want to ruin this cake. But I said, "Fine." So they sat down at my kitchen and just started eating that entire cake. And the older lady grabbed my hands and she said, "You need to listen to me. You need to listen to me, honey." And I said, "Okay." And she said, "Your daughter is coming a week early, but it's okay. It's going to be okay." And I woke up. And Olivia was born May 5th on a Sunday, exactly one week early. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Well, you know, I guess my my experience, um, I don't always remember when I'm doing night working. What I, what I mostly know is that I wake up some mornings absolutely exhausted, and I feel like I've had very busy dreams, but I don't always remember them. 
Yes, and sometimes you won't, and that's I, important. Yeah, I don't always remember them, but but I often I, I was told, and I know you said you you know you know for a fact that you've been at this for ten years. I remember the very first psychic I saw more than thirty five years ago told me then that I was a night worker, and that was a new phrase to me back then. And she said that my primary task was working in hospitals with people who were dying, not necessarily people who had crossed over or who were crossing over, although I, I know that to, to now be true, but that, that they just saw me as someone who just came in the room and was there and, um, and gave them some kind of comfort often when they were in a comatose kind of state. And um, I, had, I, I absolutely abhor hospitals. I, I hate them. They really freak me out in the real life and real world. Um, I don't like if you're, I mean, if you're in the hospital, I'll go to your house. I'll clean your house. I'll take care of your kids. I'll do anything <laughs> you want me to do. Just please don't make me come visit you in the hospital. And uh, I don't want to go to the hospital. I'm real freaky about the idea of going to a hospital. But um, what my, the psychic said to me, and I, I responded that way when she told me that that was part of what my uh, psychic task was in this lifetime, and I, and I said that to her, and she said, and the reason that you abhor hospitals in your waking state so much is because you're there every night working. Mm-hmm. And that made a lot of sense to me, you know? Yeah, it, it, yeah. It just did. Yeah, I think a lot, of, a lot of us intuitives and empaths are called on to be night workers, and especially at hospitals, because that's where... You know, people need the most counseling and, and, and so much help. Oh, absolutely, because it's a traumatic thing for, for folks a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. because there's that the, the disconnect sometimes with body and spirit. Mm-hmm. So how do you know if you're a night worker? There are a couple of things. You might have very specific dreams like I have where you remember actually helping people. Um, you might have dreams. I have a lot of dreams where... I'm sitting at a conference table with a lot of people and they're going over my life plan and they're telling me how badly I'm doing. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like I'll have dreams where they're like, okay, Samantha, you really need to get on this or you haven't done this as much as you should have and blah, blah, blah. But I don't, in the dream, I can't see these people. You just know they're there? I just know that they're there. I can hear them talking to me. And I've talked to other night workers, and they have very similar experiences. Oh, and I don't have the conference table thing, but I do have the voices as I'm going Mm -hmm. to sleep with those people giving me instructions. Yes, yes. That's another sign that you're a night worker. So having dreams that are very, you know, we all have those um, odd weird dreams that are dreams. And you, you, you know that all of you listening, I'm sure, know the difference between a dream that is just expelling stress from the day as opposed to a dream that is very much more significant. Um, so that's really easy to determine if you're a night worker if you're having specific dreams like that. However, if you're under a lot of stress, if you're very tired, if you're working a lot during your day, you're still probably doing night work, but you're not going to remember it upon waking because you're too tired. That's right. But you're going to wake up tired. You know, if you ever have those experiences where you sleep like the dead and you wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Absolutely. That's a sign of a night worker. Sometimes I'll wake up and my muscles are tired. It's like I ran a marathon in my sleep. Mm -hmm. And my muscles are literally sore. 
It's the yeah. weirdest thing. Yeah. It's almost as if your your body has been very tense and has been doing the, the physical work even though your it's like your etheric body has been has has been tense and using your muscles that have really been asleep in your bed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. How, how many of you have um, gone, you know, you're falling asleep. This happens to me when I don't intend to fall asleep, like when I'm reading a book or watching TV in bed, and you'll fall asleep and then you jolt awake. Oh, all and the it's time. like you're falling into something. Oh, yeah. Usually that's a sign that you're a night worker as well because that's a sign, um, you know, we're, we are all connected to our bodies by this silver cord. And every one of us leaves our body when we sleep. Every one of us do. There's a wonderful book I just got from Amazon. I think it's out of print. It's called Angel Secrets. And it's um, a, it's based on ancient Judaic um, traditions hmm. of metaphysical things. It's a really cool little book. Um, it's very good for kids. Anyway, and um, in that in that book, there's a she has all these old stories. And um, one of the books... Oh, I'm sorry. One of the stories that she recommends is um, is about this little soul, and he's getting ready to come to heaven, and he turns to God, and he says, and he says, God, um, I, I I really want to go to Earth, but I'm I'm going to miss you so much. And God says to him, That's why I let you sleep for eight hours a night, so you can come home and visit me. Oh, isn't that sweet? That is sweet. Can I just stop for a minute and do this funny little thing as you were talking about going in and out of heaven? I saw this cutest thing on Facebook. I know I digress here, but I just got to share it while it's in my head. And it was the cutest thing of St. Peter standing at the at the pearly gates. And this cat is, is standing on the outside of the gates. And St. And Peter's going, okay, in or out, which is it? What, what are you going to do here? How many times have we done that in real life with mm-hmm. our, our pets? And, and I, could just, I could just imagine cats trying to make this decision standing at the pearly gates. I just thought it was a cute little cartoon. I just had to share that. But, you know, the, um, the silver cord thing is really important because I know that we've talked to people who uh, think, well, you know what, I may be doing this work or it, it may be, a part of my life, but what if I leave my body and, and I don't come back? Well, you will. Mm-hmm. It's important to know that that cord will bring you back to your body every yeah. time. It's sort of like astral projection, but it's going to a very specific place to accomplish a very specific task. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. a good way to describe it, yeah. Samantha? Yeah, that is. You know, and what, what we do as night workers is uh, we will counsel strangers we will help newly deceased people cross over, as I just mentioned. But very often, we will counsel or get information about family members and friends in our own lives. And I think it's very important to pay attention to that. Um, you know, I think I told you all about that dream I had. You know, my mother and I have a very, very interesting relationship. <laughs> and... Um, I had this dream when you might, my mom's very difficult uh, for me to get along with and we have a contentious relationship and it's something I work at and struggle with. And I had this dream where she said to me, we were having lunch at this like cafe outdoors. One thing I've noticed with night working dreams is usually if you're not in a hospital, you're usually outdoors. Usually by the beach or at a cafe, but it's usually outdoors. Anyway, we were sitting at this cafe outdoors, and, and she said to me, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing okay. 
and she said, uh, you know, being, being so hard in this lifetime is really weighing on me. This is really hard. And she said, but I hope it's helping you. And I said, yeah, it really is. It's helping me grow a lot. It was just amazing. Um, and, I, and it just gave me validation that I think sometimes we do incarnate as difficult people as a, as a wonderful gift to teach other people strength and compassion. Wow. Did that help you with the stuff with it your mom? It did. It helped me so much. Um, and whenever I'm not speaking to my mother, my, my father also opts out, <laughs> which is really hard on me because I adore my father. And I've had several dreams where he and I are, are meeting. We're usually at the beach because that's what we always did was we would walk the beach. And I have several dreams where we're walking the beach and we're talking and just catching up. And um, this is probably a year ago. I had this dream and he and I were talking. And we're talking nothing you know, profound. We're just catching up on each other's lives. And in the dream, as we're walking on the beach, I hear my alarm go off. And I grab my dad's hand and I said, crap, I got to go. And he said, that's okay. And before, he was about to say something else. And it was like a bungee cord in my back was pulled. And I was pulled away from that beach scene and slammed into my body. Uh-huh. It was really amazing and I thought okay yep I really was with his soul how about that yeah and I think sometimes um you know people will have those dreams if they're lucky with loved ones who have passed on oh well I've certainly had those dreams with loved ones who've passed on I mean Mm -hmm. I've had I've certainly had conversations with them uh, my my favorite of, of those stories, and I probably have told this story on the air before, but it's still such, it's probably one of the most vivid dreams in my entire life. But after both of my parents had died, I was in this um, bedroom in an old log cabin uh, with an old iron bed and a real pretty quilt on the bed, and there was a um, an oak table next to the bed with a um, an oil lamp. Um, with one of those beautiful thin glass chimneys on it. And my mom was at the head of the bed. I was sitting at the foot of the bed, and my dad was in a rocking chair um, at the end of the bed near me. And I wish I knew what we were discussing. But we were having such a fun conversation, and, and we were laughing, and we were just having the best time. And my mom said something really funny. And you know how, I, I think we all do this, when somebody does that, you kind of reach over to kind of just kind of pat them on the arm or, or whatever. And I reached to do that, and my father said, Honey, don't touch her. She doesn't know she's dead. And I looked at my dad and said, Well, so are you. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I woke up laughing. Wow. I did. I woke up laughing. <laughs> well, I remember the first time my friend, uh, George came to me in a dream that oh. I talked about, and I remember I went to hug him, and he said, "No, no, I, I haven't learned how to do that yet." Oh wow! Yeah, and that taught me that that they need to learn how to work their energy, you know. And um, the other story I love to tell um, is when uh, the the day before I found the lump in my breast, I went to bed that night, and I had this dream that I woke up in my bed, but I was still sleeping. You can always tell it's a visitation if you're in your home, in your dream. Does that make sense? No. Say it again. Like, like if, if you're dreaming and you're still in your home uh-huh. <laughs> and not in some, like, weird, 
you know, Candyland type of place. Usually that means it's a real visitation. Oh, I see what you're saying. I understand. Mm -hmm. So in the dream, I woke up in my bed, and I heard this crash by my garage door, by the back door. And and I went over there, and it was my mother-in-law. And I, you know, who had been dead for six years, and, and I said, Maggie, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I was like, Maggie, you're here. And she said, Nancy, quick, that, that was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I don't have much time. Carry me to your bed. And I carried her to my bed, and I put her down on the bed, and I grabbed her hand, and she squeezed mine, and she said, listen to me, I don't have much time. It's going to be okay. Do you hear me? It's going to be okay. And I woke up. And you didn't know what was going to be I okay. I didn't know what point. was going to be okay. I had had a little fight with a friend of mine, like a little disagreement, and I was like, would she really, you know, break through all the barriers of space and time to tell me about a disagreement with a friend? I thought about it all day. I told my husband, my sister about it. I didn't know what to make of it. And that night I found the lump in my breast. Oh, how about that? And I thought, that's what she meant. Thank you, Maggie. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Maggie. Yep. So, Samantha, if you're a night worker... Um, what uh, stones might we recommend for somebody to uh, keep next to their bed or uh, or carry with them or to at least um, have that energy of those stones around them if they're go- doing night work? Well, oh, I have, a qu- I have a fun story I want to tell about that in a second. But I think your suggestion that we were talking about before the show is the best, the tourmalated quartz. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because Deb was saying that tourmalated quartz would be such a good choice because the quartz is going to, um, clear quartz is an energy amplifier, so it's going to amplify your energy while you're sleeping um, and give you the energy you need to sustain your night working uh, jobs. And the tourmaline is going to protect you. Right. As so I think. Your body. Yeah. So I think that's a wonderful, wonderful choice. Um, amethyst is always a recommended stone for this work because it's such a stone of spiritual protection and meditation and getting our body and our mind aligned. So I think that's always a good stone. Um, um, there's also, um, really I think the idea is to ask yourself, what stone would be best for me while I'm sleeping? Mm-hmm. And, and go for that. Um, because I just think it's so important for us. I'm really in my. This is just me personally. What I'm going through in my life. I'm trying really hard not to turn to books so much and to turn to myself and my own intuition. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? I and do. and just to look at my crystals and think, okay, I don't want to look at what Cassandra Ethan or Melody or Judy Hall have to tell me. I want to look at these stones and see what they have to tell me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend that. Um, but I do want to tell a quick funny story. I, I, you know, if you all are married, I'm sure you're the same way or you have a partner and you live with someone. I have a side of my bed and my husband has a side of his bed. Um, and on his end table, there's nothing. There's a, a plant I have there. And um, and a twi- I do have a, a huge twin soul, twin quartz that I really like on his side of the bed. But that's it. On my side of the bed, it's it's ridiculous. I have my amethyst quartz fountain and probably 50 crystals. <laughs> <laughs> do you really? I really do. Like I have this um I have this huge agate slice. It's probably like the size of uh, a platter. You must have a gigantic bedside table. Well, my bedside table cuz I'm such a geek is a bookshelf. Oh, okay. So, it's very very long and I have all these crystals on there. 
And um, anyway, and, and what I do when I go to bed at night is I lay on my side, I look at all those crystals, and I say, which one of you is going to sleep with me tonight? And I pick one and I put it in my pillowcase. That's just what I do. So anyway, just the other night, um, for some reason, I, I was reading on my husband's side of the bed. And he came um, into the room and got into bed on my side and fell asleep there. So I didn't want to disturb him. So when I finished reading, I just fell asleep on his side of the bed. Well, he woke up in the morning and he said, oh, my God, I've, I've never had a sleep like that. I was like, what do you mean? And he said, I just dipped in and out of one dream after another. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I am never sleeping on this side of the bed again. And I think it's all my crystals. Oh, interesting. It's not like he was on your side of the bed and, and the universe said, oh, well, you can be the night worker tonight, huh? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Because he's, he's the one, he's so grounded. He, he always says, I don't remember my dream. Oh. But that night he certainly did. How about that? So I think crystals definitely do play a part in our dream work. Oh, absolutely. And, and certain crystals enhance our dream work. And, yes. and, you know, I certainly think they do. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, really, I, I don't mean to um, elude your question, because there's, like, Moonstone is such a good dream stone. Howlite is a wonderful dream stone. Um, there are so many options. I just, I just really want to empower myself and empower all of you to trust your intuition and to, in, in terms of what you need. And I also think it's important to know, and I don't, I don't know, I didn't mean for us to get off on a, on a crystal discussion here, but I do think it's important that although stones, I mean, one of the reasons, this is just Deb's opinion here, but one of the reasons that we have so many different stones is because they all do these different jobs. That's kind of their, their commitment to the universe that they do certain things. But I also believe that if you ask them to take on a specific task for you, um, that they can do that. That's right. That's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a good question. If you work night shift and sleep during the day, would you be able to be a night worker? You'd be a day worker. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that to be a smart aleck. I mean, no. really, it would be, it, it's always done during the, over, during the guise of sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, always when we're sleeping. Um, I think, I, didn't I tell the story about Detective Charlie a couple of weeks ago? Yes, I believe you did. Just, yeah. But it might be a repeating. No, I'm not going to repeat the whole story because I really think I told the whole story on the show a couple of weeks ago. But that was my um, probably my most recent night working story where, where me and someone else that I could not see were trying to help a man come to terms with forgiveness. He had to forgive the person who led to his leg being amputated before he could cross over. Oh, yeah, you did tell this story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the cool thing was, I remember in the dream, I kept saying to, I don't know why we called him Detective Charlie, but that's what we called him. And I kept saying, Detective Charlie, you can, you can cross over with unforgiveness in your heart, but it'll be a much more difficult crossing. And if we can get you to forgive this man, you'll have an easier transition. Mm. And I found that very interesting and kind of obvious once I thought about it. Like, of course, if you have a lighter heart, you're going to have a lighter easier transition. I know. It's like I love that the Egyptian thing of that the way you know you're going to the uh to a positive afterlife is 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 if your heart on the scales at 
your transition point is as light as a feather. Yeah. I love that. I know. I it's a wonderful it. image. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, and I had a dream um, last night that my brother-in-law need not take a big risk. And that's all I remembered. I, again, I was at that conference table. We were with a lot of people. And again, I couldn't see the people. I could only hear them. And they just said, Samantha, you have to encourage him to stay the course and be conservative. And we're all sitting around at my dining room table for Easter dinner, and he's talking about this big risk with a business opportunity he wants to take. And did you tell him your dream? I did, but, you know, he's more grounded than my husband. He's like, okay, dream on, sister. (laughs) (laughs) You only live once. That was the answer he gave me. Oh, my golly. But I did my job. I passed on the message. It's all you can do. That's right. That's exactly true. Oh, and speaking of my brother-in-law, remember, I, again, I will not go into all the details because I don't want to bore those of you who have heard this, but that dream I had about the woman who followed him home, the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I had this, I'll just very quickly summarize. I met my brother-in-law. is very good-looking. He's very macho. He's a cop. He's, he's a manly man, and girls like him. And this, I had this dream where this ghost just thought he was the hottest thing ever and followed him home. And uh, she showed me how she died. She showed me who killed her. Um, and she showed me all the stuff that she loved to make my brother-in-law do. She was able to make him eat potato chips. She was able to upset his dogs to get him to wake up. Um, she played all sorts of fun tricks on him. Um, and and I, I woke up. I wrote everything down. I told my husband. And we went to the missing persons website for North Carolina, and we found her name. It was very scary. That is very scary. And and again, I told my brother-in-law, and he was like, "Okay, Samantha, all right, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> but you you know, we I mean, part of what we're talking about here are are psychic dreams, uh, which is kind of kind of the tangent we've gotten off on to here, which is fun. Well, I think part of that, I, I feel like I was a night worker for her because right. I kept trying to show her the light, and I kept trying to show her that she didn't have to be a ghost. Oh. And she kept saying, but it's so effing fun. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember her. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it, was, it was really very sad and scary at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really was. So, um, so can, can we talk about the reverse of this? Certainly. Go ahead. Okay. So if, if all of us listening to this think that we possibly could be night workers while we're sleeping... The opposite holds true, meaning if you go to bed at night, okay, for example, let's say you're going to bed and you're really thinking about starting a new business, but you're worried about the implications, the financial, the time, the investment, the partner you're thinking of working with, you can meditate before you go to bed and say, I really need specific guidance on if this business is the best opportunity for me, if this partner is the best person to couple up with for this business, that message through the psychic lines will go out to an intuitive person who is a really good business entrepreneur. And that person can be a night worker for you. Oh, so like maybe John Holland or John James Von Prague will come talk to me? Sure. Hey, wouldn't that be cool? Uh, we'll see how that goes (laughs) but do you know what I mean I I really think that it works both ways yeah oh that's interesting so there's another experiment for our listeners to try 
is that if you have questions, to meditate on those questions before you go to sleep. And and I'm not talking trivial things here, really. No, no, no. I mean, but things that are that are really important and are um are questions that you might have about about your life or about um, you know, health issues or that sort of thing and ask for someone to come and and they may be able to give you answers or they at least may be able to come and give you some some comfort in that process. Thomas um Thomas Edison made a point of only sleeping three or four hours at a time. And he made a point of taking a nap every day. If you Google Thomas Edison's workshop, um, you will see in his workshop he has caught because he would make himself nap every day. And he swore up and down that his greatest insights and solutions to his problems came during that sleep state. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I mean, and think about those of you who are, um, who regularly train yourself to wake up after a dream and write it down, and those of you who keep dream journals, you're much more likely to remember your dreams if you do that with those short periods of, of dream state, that REM state. I just wrote an article on this for BeliefNet. It's mm-hmm. coming out next month. Oh, cool. Um, but there's some really cool like, physical things you can do to help yourself have a more active dream state. For example, if you eat bananas before you go to bed, the potassium actually helps you to remember your dreams. If you, dr- if you eat any fruit or drink any fruit juice before you go to bed, fruit juice keeps your central nervous system awake while allowing your body to, your muscles to sleep. So you'll actually remember your dreams more vividly if you drink fruit juice or have some fruit before bed. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if you drink a glass of water before you go to bed, the water will usually make you wake up during your REM cycle, and that's when we have our active dreams. And if you wake up during your REM cycle, you're more likely to remember that dream. Right. Yeah, because you've got to get up and go to the bathroom. Right. Right. I knew about the water, but the bananas I did not know about. Yeah. People claim that they have lucid dreams when they eat bananas before bedtime. Um, we have we have a good question um, from Francine. Um, share some specific language to make sure that the request before you go to bed is for your highest good and the best one for you. Um, and I, I think that's a really good point. When you are going to sleep, make sure that you request that the answer to your problem comes from the highest possible good source. Absolutely, and that the answer is for the highest possible good of all concerned. Mm-hmm. And Rocky Mountain Guy has said eating smoked Gouda can lead to nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not laughing at you, Rocky Mountain Guy. We just know that to be uh, true for people. And, and Cheese, cheese, I have heard, can lead to nightmares and milk. Well, but apparently Gouda specifically with some people. And, and there is certainly research and evidence out there about that. So if you don't want nightmares, don't eat Gouda, says Rocky Mountain Guy. And he's right. About that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a night. I never have nightmares anymore. It's very, very rare. And I had a nightmare a couple of weeks ago. I think I told you where I there was a a white rat in my basement. Oh yes. And I and I I don't have a basement in my house. In North Carolina, they don't have basements, so it wasn't my house. And I'm in the basement. I'm trying to get this dead rat out. And there's an, one of my daughter's American Girl dolls 
is sitting next to it. <laughs> her head turns all the way around, just like in some exorcist horror film, and she smiles at me and says, do you want to play? <laughs> it was so scary. Had you read that Lorraine and Ed Warren book at that point? No, I had listened to that like a couple of months ago, but I'm sure it was still in my subconscious. I'm glad I don't have dreams like that. That's too yeah. scary. It was pretty scary. Right. Um, okay, go ahead. Well, I just think that, that the the night worker piece of this is that I think sometimes what we remember is just stuff that really seems and feels real ordinary, that it might be stuff that we would be doing in our waking hours. Um, you know, I mean, you'd be visiting somebody in a hospital or you'd be um, talking to a friend who needs guidance and that sort of thing. And I think that's some of the, the stuff that is more likely to happen in your dream state. And I think, but the other thing I think is really important is that, you know, I don't remember a lot of times what I did other than I know from my body the next morning what I've done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. Because we're just we're doing the work that's that's required of us. Right. It doesn't matter if we remember it or not. I just love it when I remember my dreams. To me, and this is just me personally, it's a sign that all is well in my world. When I don't remember my dreams, it's a sign to me that I'm exhausted, mm. stressed out, and need to slow down. Uh-huh. And when I do remember my dreams, I feel very connected. I feel very linked in and just comforted. Right. You know, I also think it's important to point out that um, not all people are night workers, and that's okay. I mean, we we have different gifts, that not everybody is a night worker. I do think, though, that that it's important not to confuse night worker with light worker, because mm. we all can be light workers. Yes. And that's, I mean, that, I mean, we've been asked to do a show on that, and I, I really don't know quite what we'd say other than when you radiate light and kindness, you're a light worker. Right. I think all light workers can be night workers. I agree, but, but I don't necessarily think that everybody is a night worker and a light worker. Boy, that was right. so yeah. hard. That's yeah. fast. I know it. Yeah. And I think you'll know if you're a night worker, um, because of your sleep patterns, because of your dream state, um, and and because of some of the intuitive guidance you'll get in your sleep. I've had um, just so many... Sometimes my dream life is more exciting than my daily life. (laughs) Sometimes I look forward to going to sleep because it's amazing the things I uncover. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite series, and, and what I love is because this never happened to me until I fully opened up to my intuition in my um, early 30s. But I would, I, I'll go back to the same place again and again in my dreams. And that's such a gift to me. I do that too. I have, I have a couple of different houses that my subconscious uses to represent me. And I know when I'm having um, one of those house dreams, depending on which house it is, what's going on like in mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in one dream it's this old southern um two-story um kind of house with what we call a dog trot here in in the south where uh when you open the front door you can see all the way down this hallway to the out to the back door um one of those old southern houses like that that's one 
um, symbol in my dreams that represents me. And another is this Tudor, um, kind of that Elizabethan Tudor house with the, you know, the white stucco-looking stuff and the timbers and that sort of thing covered in ivy. Um, and that's a that's a different set of symbols for me. So I know that um, that I have different tasks that go on with those two. The one dream I wish I could get to the heart of is the dream I had when I was pregnant with my youngest and I was driving in Scotland and I stopped at this church and this priest ran out to greet me and he said, oh, we are so happy to see you. Welcome to Cathedral Dirk or Dirk Cathedral. And I went into the, into the cathedral and there were all these people waiting for me and I just laid hands on them and, and was just sending them light. But you and I have Googled, I have researched up and down three ways to Sunday and I have, there's no such thing as Dirk Cathedral. But Dirk is the name of a Scottish knife. Knife, K-N-I-F-E? Yes. Oh. But I feel like if I went to Scotland and saw this cathedral, I'd, I'd, I'd know it. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Um, my One of my favorite night worker dreams is, is in the very beginning. Again, I feel repetitive, but it's, I, no, I don't think I've mentioned this since we first did this show, was when I dreamt of Red, that man. Yes. And that was when I was really struggling with opening up to doing this work, and I was so scared, and I was so afraid of um, being intuitive. I was afraid of what it meant for my safety, for my family. I was afraid of what it meant for my reputation, all of that. And I had this dream where this, this man, again, he, I was in my bed, and he tapped me on the shoulder, and I woke up, and but I was dreaming, and uh, he had a red cap on. He was an old man. You know those those older men with that weathered tan skin and they've got those lines, you know, yeah. like that leathery skin. Just a really nice-looking face. And um, and he said, how are you, Samantha? And I said, oh, okay. I, I was like, so freaked out that this man was in my bedroom. And, and he said, do you want to see how I died? And I said, yes. And he said, hold my hand. And when I held his hand, I was instantly transported to where he died on this highway. And um, it was very, very realistic. And then I let go of his hand, and we were back in my bedroom. And he said, that wasn't so scary, was it? And I said, no, no, I guess not. And he said, come on, let me introduce you to some people. And I followed him down my hallway into my kitchen, and there were all these people there. And they all held my, and the minute they shook my hand, I was able to see their last five minutes on earth. And I experienced their death as though it were me. It was just the most amazing thing. And, and I did, the, I shook everybody's hand. I, shot, I saw how they all died. Some were traumatic. Some were very mundane passings. And at the very end, Red held both my hands. And he said, that's not so scary, is it? And I said, no. And he said, do you think you can do this work for us? And I said, yes, I think I can. And I woke up. Don't you wonder who he was and why his name was Red? Well, I, all I think about, he told me his name was Red and he had that red baseball cap. Yeah, but don't you wonder why that symbol? Yeah, I do. I do. And I don't know if it's Red, Root Chakra, Fear. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. Right, yeah. And the way he died on the highway was being chased by police. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, we were hiding out underneath a car. The, there was all traffic on both sides of the six-lane highway were stopped. There were police 
everywhere. And we were on our bellies underneath a car, and we made um, a run for um, a restroom, on the, like uh, a rest area. Uh-huh. And the police gunned him down on, uh, on his, on, and his, shot him in his back. Woo, harsh. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but that's just... And all the cars were like 1960 trucks. Isn't that interesting? You know, I I didn't have nearly the dramatic uh, process of opening up to all of this that you did. (laughs) I just didn't have all that drama. I really did not. So, um, you know, I I think that's very interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know if it's just the way. I I think we all open up in our own ways. And, And for me, I think I was so scared and so forcibly blocked to this that I think my guides had to open me up in my dreams first because uh-huh. that was the only time I didn't feel scared. I felt uninhibited. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you know, you had um, a family that supported this ability. At least and a I, mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and you had wonderful friends who supported this ability. You know, I I just didn't have that. I just was trying so hard to be normal and fit in. Oh, no, I wasn't much interested in that. (laughs) (laughs) And you're right. I mean, you know, I I did. I was very blessed with with people who walked this journey with me and and who developed their own gifts along the way at the same time, and so that was really nice. I did have that. I was very blessed with that. Yeah, and and I think, too, it's important... um, not to judge yourself and how you're opening. Like, I don't want anyone to listen to this show and go, well, gosh, I've never had dreams like that. I must not be intuitive. Yeah, that's people not don't true. do it. Samantha, that's not the way most folks do this, Samantha, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it is. But I will bet you, and I hope we hear from you, I will bet you many of you have had night-working dreams where you're helping a friend, where you're counseling a stranger, where you're giving advice about a divorce or a bankruptcy or... Um, helping someone who's just gotten a diagnosis that's scary. We've gotten several emails about people who have dreams like that, and they always ask us, like, well, what does that mean? And I, I think it just means that you're a night worker and you're helping that person. Right. And and just trust that you don't have to do anything, that it's being taken care of for you behind sleep at night, That that your that your task is being accomplished without your conscious mind having anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's important. You know, there's, you can't force it. You can't push it. It just is what it is, and it's happening in your unconscious mind, or that's yeah. while you're asleep. It's hard to get in touch with that realization. I'm, I'm reading a book right now, a um, very short little book, called You, I think it's called You Are Enough. Uh-huh. And it's just about the the basic concept is that we are created by a wonderful force, whatever you want to call that force, God, light, higher power. Um, and by that very fact, you are enough. And everything you need and, and, and are is enough. And you always know what's right for you. It's all inside of you by the very fact of your birth. And I find that very hard to tap into and trust on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, because culturally we're never taught we're enough. No. You know, you're always supposed to be more or do more, be mm-hmm. or do more. Exactly, get more, achieve more. 
And I think um, the beautiful thing about opening yourself up to being a night worker is that, it, at least for me, it's taught me that I really can trust my higher self, that I, I do know something. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you don't, that which guides you during the night does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really an important thing to remember, too. You know, yeah, I think that's true. Oh, people are saying that my voice is still echoey. I'm sorry. I'm at Deb's house, so I'm on my cell phone, and she's on her landline. And hopefully next week it won't be this echoey. Oh, I'm sorry. And we're in different yeah. rooms, so I know. Um, if someone else has just posted in the chat room, I had no idea I was intuitive until my uncle started coming into my dreams. So I feel the dreams started opening me up. And I think that's so true. Sometimes we don't even know we're intuitive until we have these really cool dreams. And that's what lets us know that we really are in touch with something that's so much more than what we see with our eyes. Right. And, and you know, sometimes it's easier for us to accept or at least entertain ideas that come to us in our sleep than in the daytime, you know, or in, mm. in our waking, with our waking selves. Mm-hmm. I think that's sometimes easier for us to do. And, and I think that you can encourage being a night worker simply by talking to your guides and saying, look, I listened to these ladies on this show, <laughs> <laughs> and it sounded kind of cool what they were talking about. I would love to be a night worker. Let me do that in my sleep. Just saying yes sometimes can allow this ability to happen for you. But make sure you mean it. Yeah. Make sure you mean it because... Um, it's not necessarily an easy path to follow uh, because it does, I mean, you don't, you don't really shut down. Right. You don't give yourself a lot of breaks or rest. So um, you might want to ask to put some parameters on it. Hmm, gee, I'm available for re- being a night worker on Friday and Saturday nights and see what happens. You, you know. I, I, just, I totally put it in the hands of my guides because I just feel like uh, when I surrendered, to, to that, my higher power, they know what they're doing so much more than I do. Well, I agree, but for some people who want to ease into this, they may. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I think it's important, too, to, to know that you can always um, say no. If you, know, if, you, if you do say, yes, I want to be a night worker, and then you start having some <laughs> freaky experiences, you can say, okay, yeah, no, that's not for me. <laughs> Whoops, I want to quit this job. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. We have some comments going on in the chat room about dreaming in color, and I think most intuitives do dream in color, but that's nothing's an always or a never. I I always dream in color for me personally. Me too. I always do too. But I don't think it's a a black and white, like, yes, you must dream in color. Um, But I do think it's fairly common for intuitives to, to dream in color. Um, and someone else has posted, I have friends who insist they don't dream, and I just tell them you just don't remember them. And, yes, you're exactly right, yeah. Every, it's been proven through so many sleep studies that we have at least four to five dreams a night. Right, yeah. And I just, I think, you know, like I said, my husband claims that he never dreams, and yet he talks in his sleep frequently, so I know he dreams. Yeah, he's just not remembering them. He's just not remembering them. Uh-huh. And that's fine. It is. Um, so, Samantha, how are we doing on time? I'm Three minutes. Oh, okay. All right, good. So let's remind folks again about the Audible um, okay. uh, 
offer that we're doing with folks. If, if you've got that in front of you, that would be great. Sure, yep. If you want a free one-month trial of Audible.com, go to Audible Trial um, backslash Psychic Teachers. Um, AudibleTrial.com, sorry, AudibleTrial.com backslash Psychic Teachers. Um, and that will give you one month free to to try it out. And I think you guys will really be I, I love it. It comes it comes uh, it downloads itself right onto your phone, your iPod, your computer, um, and it's just great. The narr- the vo- the people they have doing the voices and narration, they do the accents. I mean, you really feel like you're listening to a play. I love it. Oh, cool. Okay. So we really would recommend that for you, everybody. Uh, and we are out of time. So. Um, thank you all so very much for being with us tonight. We have, um, I know we've zigged and zagged a lot, but I hope we've woven this thread of, of interest and, and would, you know, recommend you do some research on what night workers are all about and, and take a look at um, some other sources and, and see what, if anything, resonates for you or rings true for your experience and, uh, and let us know. Yeah, keep in touch with us, and we look forward to speaking to you again next week. Hope you all go out into the world and have a wonderful week and continue to be the light. Okay, folks, thank you and good night. Good night. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.